Hey, I'm Austin, and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. This week kicks off our brand new series, Real Home. One of the greatest opportunities in life is to be part of something that will outlast oneself. Sunday, February 2nd through Sunday, March 16th, we will follow the incredible journey of Nehemiah as he risked it all, joining together with others to initiate an effort that would outlast them all. Together, we begin a journey at Valley Point Church towards a new home. Don't miss out on this incredible time. and Don't miss out on this opportunity to be a part of something that will outlast us all. great to see you today, and I do want to welcome back our team that went to the Dominican Republic. So will you help me do that? It's great to see many of them in this gathering, and we're very proud of you. You guys went, and you served, and you worked hard, and you did a fantastic job, and we welcome you back home. So thank you for giving up a week of your life to invest in the lives of others. Great job. We're in Nehemiah chapter 3 today, and here's what we're going to discover. We're going to find that the actual work of rebuilding and reconstruction on the wall around the city of Jerusalem begins. It's happening now. It actually begins. And it's interesting because I think God really wanted to do more in and through Nehemiah than just rebuild a wall around a city. I think that was part of the plan, and that was part of what was going to happen there, and a pretty big part, but it wasn't the only thing that God wanted to do and God wanted to accomplish there. He actually wanted to do a work in Nehemiah. He wanted to build up something on the inside of him, as well as everybody else that was involved in this project, and we're going to see that as we walk through chapter 3 today. I want you to think about this. As we move through our project and as we travel together toward our future real home, God wants to do something in us too. There are some things that God wants to build up on the inside of us. The real question is, will I or will we allow God to change in us what we don't want him to change or what we think is unchangeable? Will we allow God to do that? Will we allow God to change in us what we don't want him to change? Like, God, just don't touch that. I want to hang on to that piece. I don't want you to go there. I don't want you to change this in my life. Or maybe we just think it's an unchangeable kind of thing. Like, that's just the way I am. It's the way I've always been, and I'm not going to change. So will we, in the process of traveling toward a real home, allow God to change in us what we don't want him to change and what we think might be unchangeable. Here's our big idea for today. With God, we can work together to do something big. That's what happens when we work with God. I want to let you know that this is the same big idea that our kids have today as well. And so if you have a child in Kid Point, you can talk to them about this big idea. And they're in Nehemiah chapter 3 today. And this is one of the things I just love about this experience that we're walking through is that we're doing it across all ages. And so you can go home today if you have a child in there and ask them about their big idea because we're sharing this. 
I actually had a different big idea that I was going to share today, and it was lousy. So I stole theirs because it's a whole lot better. And so we're just going to think about how with God, with God, we can work together to do something big. So here's what's happening in Nehemiah chapter 3. The work has begun, and Nehemiah is in Jerusalem, and there's a lot of exciting things that are beginning to happen as he works his way around the wall and builds things up with a whole group of people. And as we read through this, we're going to discover just a bunch of names. There are men and women and sons and daughters and workers, and they're all collaborating together to accomplish this great work. And so this is going to read a bit different than what we normally read, but I would just encourage you to have an open heart and be thankful that you don't have to remember all of these names, all right? So here's Nehemiah chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Then Eliashib, the high priest... And the other priests started to rebuild at the Sheep Gate. They dedicated it and set up its doors, building the wall as far as the Tower of the Hundred, which they dedicated, and the Tower of Hananel. The Fish Gate was built by the sons of Hassanay. They laid the beams, set up its doors, and installed its bolts and bars. Merimoth, son of Uriah and grandson of Hakaz, repaired the next section of wall. Beside him were Meshalam, son of Barakai, and grandson of Meshezebel, and then Zadok, son of Bana. Next were the people from Tekoa, though their leaders refused to work with the construction supervisors. I thought that was a really funny thing to put right in the middle of the story about people and how they're building, and this is what I love about the Bible, right? Like, it's just brutally honest. Here is this great spiritual work. God wanted the wall rebuilt around Jerusalem and people are coming together and they're happy and excited and then here's a bunch of people and they can't even get along. It's probably union and non-union workers trying to find their way. Maybe not, I don't know. Verse 8. Next was Uziel, son of Harhiah, a goldsmith by trade who also worked on the wall. Beyond him was Hananiah, a manufacturer of perfumes. So the Cologne people from Macy's were there. Because they wanted people to smell good while they were working. Verse 12, Shalem, son of Halohesh, and his daughters repaired the next section. He was the leader of the other half of the district of Jerusalem. The valley point gate was repaired. The dung gate was repaired. The fountain gate was Repaired. There's just a whole lot of restoring and repairing that's happening here. And you know that had to bring a level of energy and momentum into the city that they hadn't seen in a very long time. And then something happens next that describes a guy who's kind of unique. It says in verse 20, Next to him was Baruch, son of Zabai, who zealously repaired an additional section from the angle to the door of the house of Eliashib, the high priest. Now, as I read that, my question was, what does it mean that he zealously repaired? Because it doesn't say that about anybody else. So was he better? Was he faster? What's going on with Baruch? Well, I was trying to figure out a way to illustrate what this might look like, and I happened to come across the video that they're showing our kids today in KidPoint. And you may not know this, but right now they're walking through Nehemiah chapter 3 as well, and they're doing 
these animated little movies of, of Lego characters, and they're describing Nehemiah. And I actually hesitate to share that with you because you might choose to actually go and sit in there instead of hanging out here in me because it's just incredible what they're doing. Very, very creative. Well, I watched what they're watching right now. And it describes this guy named Baruch, and I can't say it any better, so I'm just going to show you this Lego animation and think about this guy who zealously repaired the wall. So let's watch this together. Now Nehemiah and his crew of workers arose and began work on Jerusalem's great walls. Many came to help in rebuilding the walls. says, Baruch, the son of Zabarai, zealously repaired his section of the wall. So that's Baruch. He looked a little angry, didn't he? But he was making things happen. He was just a whirling dervish kind of a guy. So that's what it means to zealously repair. Here's verse 26. The temple servants living on the hill repaired the wall as far as a point across from the water gate to the east and the projecting tower. Water gate. See, even U.S. history is alluded to here. Verse 28, above the horse gate, the priests repaired the wall and the other goldsmiths and merchants repaired the wall from that corner to the sheep gate. So that's chapter three in a nutshell. And after all of the planning and the preparing, the work begins and it's just terribly exciting. But there's also some challenges here as well. That's their work. I want to ask this question. What is our work? I mean, what's the work that God has called us to do? Because we're removed from Nehemiah chapter 3. So we're not rebuilding a wall around Jerusalem. What is our work? Well, beyond the future building and facility that we're praying God will give to us, and that'll be a wonderful day and a wonderful opportunity for us. Beyond that, I think there's something a little more strategic that's happening here. And I want to present to you that the work God wants to do is that he wants to do something in us and he also wants to do something through us. And that's the ultimate work that God wants to accomplish here that goes way beyond a structure and a building. It's the work, it's the stuff 
that God wants to build up on the inside of us and then the work that he wants to do through us. So there's really two parts to this. And let's think about this very first part, and that's the work that God wants to do in us. And I want to personalize this a bit because I think it's very easy for us to talk about God building things up on the inside of us and yeah, let's let God do that because he should and we should want him to do that as well. And that all sounds good and that's a great plan. But when we actually allow God to begin to push on some areas in our life, well, that gets really uncomfortable. Like, well, you know, I'm not so sure about that. You know, I didn't sign up for that and I really don't know if I want to give up this piece of my life. And so what I want to do is just be very candid and honest, and talk about some different challenges I think that we all face at different times, and look at it through the lens of allowing God to build up something inside of us. Because again, that's the ultimate work that God wants to accomplish here. Beyond stuff, beyond a structure, it's what God will build up in us. And so we're just going to talk for a bit, and I want to encourage you to listen to whatever God might be whispering into your heart. You know, maybe there's a piece of your life that is just filled with hatred. And it's there, and it's strong. And maybe it's something that happened in your life recently, or, or maybe it's something that happened a really long time ago, but you're hanging on to that hatred, and it is eating you up, and you haven't been able to let go of it yet, and it's starting to destroy you, this hatred on the inside. And it hurt bad. It hurt bad, but yet you haven't been able to move past. What if we allow God to do a work in us and turn that hatred into forgiveness? Maybe that's the work that God wants to build up in our hearts. Or maybe there's a piece of you that has just been hanging on to lust. And this is a really easy thing to hang on to because nobody has to know about it. It's just kind of my thing and nobody knows. Nobody but God. And maybe this peace that you've been hanging on to is leading to completely inappropriate thoughts or even an addiction to pornography that you have not been able to shake. What if we allowed God to do a work inside of us to turn that lust into purity. Maybe that's the work that God wants to build up on the inside of us. Or maybe there's a piece of you that has been hanging on to greed. And you're no Scrooge, and maybe you can even point to some things that you have given or you have done that would prove you're really not that greedy. But yet there's this heart attitude on the inside of holding your time and your stuff and your money with closed fists and bringing it into you because you fear that there won't be enough for you. Well, what if we allowed God just to do a work in our hearts? What if we allowed him to build up this particular piece and turn that greed into generosity? Maybe, just maybe, that's the work that God wants to accomplish in us. Or maybe you're a really angry person. 
Like that's the peace that you're kind of hanging on to. And you're just angry at everything and everybody. Maybe that anger is directed at a spouse because of what he did or what she didn't do. Or maybe that anger is directed at a failing or a completely upside down type of marriage. And there's a lot of anger there. Or maybe it's anger directed at a kid. A kid of yours that has made a really bad choice that has impacted you in a negative kind of way and you're still angry about that. Or maybe it's just anger directed at somebody you work with and that anger is beginning to build up and just eat away at you from the inside. Well, what if we allowed God to do a work in us where he just turned that anger into compassion? And maybe... That's the work that God wants to do on the inside of us. Or maybe there's some type of addiction in your life. And that addiction is beginning to destroy every part of you. And you're now beginning to see that it's also destroying the people that you love around you. And you just can't quite get rid of that. And you're getting deeper and deeper and deeper into the addiction. But what if... We allowed God to do a work in us. And he turned that addiction into freedom. Freedom that would allow us to have impact in the lives of other people. And what if we're hanging on to a piece of us that isn't described on any of these other blocks here, but yet there's something there, and you know what it is because God's beginning to push on that in your heart right now, and so you can fill in the blank. Well, what if... You just allowed God to do a work in you to where he turned whatever that might be into something very usable for him. See, here's the deal with Nehemiah. In chapter 3, we see him working his way around the perimeter of the sea, and he is just building up the wall, but in the process of doing that for himself and all of these other people, God began to do a work inside of them. And I think it presents a tremendous picture here of If we would just allow God, if we would just let him, if we would just step back and say, okay, God, I'm going to open up everything in my life to you and allow you to kick through every door and nothing, nothing will be hidden from you if we just allowed God to work around the perimeter of our heart and begin to build up all of these different things inside of us to the point where we have freedom and purity and we're receiving and giving forgiveness, and there is compassion and real generosity and whatever else that God might want to build up inside of us. Nehemiah worked his way around the wall. It's exactly what God wants to do in all of our hearts. Will we let him do that? Will we allow God to change in us what we think cannot be changed and even what we don't want him to change? I've got some questions that I want to present to you. I want you just to think about this for a moment and consider what God might be saying in your heart. Have you been hiding something from God? Even though you kind of know he knows, you're still hiding something there? Or is there an area of your life or pain that you don't want God to touch? Like, God, you just cannot go there. And you've pushed back and you've closed those doors And you just haven't allowed him to touch that for whatever reason. See, Nehemiah chapter 3 helps us to know it's time to open those doors. It's time to let God go there. Is there something in your life that you hope God conveniently overlooks? 
Like we do this with our kids, right? And I think they know, oh, mom and dad will forget because they're not perfect. Well, the good news for us is that God is perfect and he doesn't forget and he doesn't overlook. And that's good news. Listen, here's the biggest win in this journey. I want you to hear this. The biggest win in this journey. If all we get on the other side is a building, that's not a win. Who even cares? The biggest win in this journey as we travel toward a real home is what God is going to build up on the inside of us. But we have to allow him to go there and begin the process of working and pushing and convicting. We have to open the door. And that's the greatest win. If we allow God to build something up inside of us between here and there, that's the win. That's the win. What's the this in your life that God might be pushing on? Like, God, I want you just to take this, or God, I'm going to trust you with this, or God, I'm ready to give up control of this. What's the this for you? I just want to encourage you and challenge you to allow God to touch the this and to build that thing up inside of you. I received a great email from somebody just a couple of weeks ago that kind of speaks of what God has been building up on the inside of them. And I want to read it to you because it was just so challenging. It says this, thanks for encouraging us to fast. So this was a couple of weeks ago where we initiated that. And for those of you who participated in the fast, I hope you found that to be very meaningful to you. And it just was something that hopefully encouraged and deepened your friendship with God. And So she writes, thanks for encouraging us to fast. It has really helped me focus on God more. And aside from the constant headache due to no caffeine, (laughs) I've enjoyed the overall experience. My son and daughter are participating as well and being very disciplined. At times, even reminding me that I can't have soda. You are never going to believe what my son gave up. Her son's pretty young. He gave up chocolate ice cream. And he hasn't even tried to cheat not even a taste, I am impressed. See, when we allow God to begin to build up things on the inside of us that maybe we have never allowed him to touch before, and when we step into spiritual exercises maybe that we have never done before, we're allowing God to change us on the inside. And that, that's the greatest win. It's the greatest win. But we got to allow God to push and get on the inside. Here's the other part of the work. It's what God wants to do through us. So God wants to do something in each and every one of us, and that's probably going to be individual and specific for all of us. But God also corporately wants to do something through us. And I think it's interesting because God hasn't called us to do everything as a church. That would be impossible. We can't do everything. But God has called us to a specific part of his kingdom known as the Delaware Valley. And as God begins to reconstruct all of us, these are things that are going to have impact. Honestly, I think that we are just beginning to scratch the surface of what God can do through all of us. We're just beginning. We don't even know. 
And I don't say that just because it's kind of a cliche-ish thing to say, and I'm supposed to say that to inspire people. I say that because I honestly believe that, and it's one of the things that makes my heart beat fast as I think about our future. Let me ask you this. How good does it feel to know that you're a part of a church that sent 37 people to the Dominican Republic to do work for others and to serve them and love them and give them a great picture of God? How good does that feel? You know, you're a part of that kind of place. Yeah. And how good does it feel to know that we're serving and we're loving other people and we're doing that without expecting anything in return. How good does it feel to know that you're a part of a church that set a Christmas offering goal of $30,000, and not only did we meet that, but we exceeded it by $22,000 more, and that money is going out, and it's having impact. How good does it feel to know that you're a part of a church that shot off fireworks for a local high school football game? Right? Because we want to show this community that we care about them and that we want to be involved in the fabric of what happens here. That we just don't go to other places. But we love what's going on right here. By the way, I don't know of another church in the world that has shot off fireworks for a football team. So that's kind of unique to us. And how good does it feel to know that we're thinking about those kinds of things? And how good does it feel to know that right now we're feeding orphans in Russia who are not able to care for themselves. And how good does it feel to know that we've been a part of helping young girls who have been exploited and abused sexually and they have a safe place and they can begin a new kind of life with hope. And how good does it feel to know that a week ago all kinds of people came out and we had a love day and we went and fed a fire department right here because we're interested in what they do to serve us. And there's a whole big group of young families who are putting together packages for their teachers so that they could give those gifts to them and say thank you so much for what you're doing. How good does it feel to know that we're a part of a church that is thinking about others and we don't even know our full potential? We don't even know. And that should excite and energize us and motivate us to do the next right thing. It just should. I want you to think about something for a moment. I want you to think about the power and the dynamics of a vibrant, thriving church community right here and the potential impact that that can have. It's one of the things that drew me to this area four years ago. We sit in a tri-state area, very close to some of the most influential areas and some of the most influential cities in the world. 30 miles within a 30-mile radius of our Bethel Road campus are thousands of people who need a faith home. Right here is where our country began. Come on. A dynamic, prevailing church in the Northeast, it just matters. It matters, and it would make a huge difference around the world. Last week, we gave a card in our gift bag that asked the question, or at least presented the thought, 50 years from now, I hope Valley Point, and we were asked to complete that. If you were here, I hope you had the chance to do that. I, I want to share with you what I wrote. So 50 years from now, I hope Valley Point is as vibrant and thriving as ever. 
In 50 years, I'm going to be 93. So that's kind of up there, isn't it? And, uh, you know, I don't know if I'll be alive then, but if God gives me breath to 93 years of age, you know what I want to be doing? I won't be doing this, but I want to stand at the front door and say hi to people and hand out programs or whatever they call it 50 years from now. And I want to say hi to people and I want to greet and then I want to sit in the back row and sing my heart out. So look out back row, yeah? <laughs> Thanks. If that doesn't get people to move up, I'm not sure what would, but you know, these are some of the things that I, that I dream about in 50 years and I want to grow old here. I want to retire here. And I want to watch God just turn this whole thing into something vibrant and prevailing that makes a huge difference right here and everywhere that God sends us. But you know what? That won't happen. It will not happen if I don't allow God to do a work inside of me because I'm not perfect and I don't have all of my stuff together either. So I have to allow God to do a work inside of me and to open doors that I don't want to open and to allow him to change what I don't want him to change and what I don't think he can change. I've got to do that or this will never happen and that's the same for all of us. And when we allow God to build up something inside of us, well then God will have no problem doing a work through us and our faith community. You know, part of what God will do in and through us deals with our own generosity to help Valley Point build a real home. There is a financial component to all of this. We're meeting in a school, and this is not our space. It's borrowed space. And I want you to know, if you're here for the very first time at Valley Point, or you're newer, I just want you to know that you're sitting amongst a group of people that are very generous, very generous. And we want to see that generosity continue to move forward and flow from this place so that at the right time, and with all of our praying and with all of our planning, we can have this future real home that God is going to give to us. I've got one takeaway today. And that takeaway is allow God to do a work in and through you. All right, will you just open yourself up to that? Allow God to do a work in and through you. When we allow God to work in us, he'll then be able to work through us. And I believe we'll be able to accomplish everything that we have set out to accomplish. And God's going to help us get there. You're going to receive a gift bag on your way out the door again. And inside of that are going to be several different things. And one of the sheets you're going to get is a resources sheet. And again, because there's a financial piece to this, We want to be preparing you for that, and we want you to be praying about what God might want for you and for your family. And so I'd encourage you to look at the sheet. There's a graph on there that talks about how do we get to our goal, and how do we begin to think about these commitments that we can make. And then there's another graph on here that talks about how one family, it's just a sample, how they chose to give up a couple of different things, and how you can add some of that together to where we can see God do something through us. And then there's something else on here that has just been very helpful for me and my family as we have been considering what type of three-year commitment does God want us to make toward a real home. And I want to share this with you. It's called My Gift Potential. And it's broken up into three different statements. You can see this here. One statement says, I could reasonably give, you know, this much a month from my personal or family budget. A second category says, I would like to be able to sacrifice and give this much by faith. 
for God's glory. And then that third area says, what amount through God's provision would I dream of being able to give over a three-year period? And these are just very challenging statements that, again, help us begin to process. What is it that God might be saying to me about doing something through all of us? These first two statements are unique because, really, that's what I can do. It's what I can save. It's what I can put together. It's what I can give. And that's very helpful, and that'll be a great thing. I want to challenge everybody, though, to begin to get into that third area because that's only what God can do. When we dream a little bit and when we really open our hearts to whatever it is that he has for us. And so I would encourage you to take the sheet and really begin to pray over what God might be whispering into your heart because God wants to do a work in all of us. He wants to begin to turn these things around to where we have this stuff happening and we're able to serve and reach others effectively. And once that happens, God can do a work through us. With God, with God, we can work together to do something big when we allow him to build up stuff inside of us and then allow him to work through us. Father, we come to you right now and we're just thankful for Nehemiah chapter 3 and what we discover here about a group of people who just began to work on the project that you had for them. Got outside of the physical work. I believe there were some things that you began to do inside of all of them. And God, the win for us is not a structure, it's not a future building. The win for us is along this journey and as we travel this path, it's about really allowing God to build up what you want to inside of us. God, I pray that as we all walk out of here in a few moments, we wouldn't forget about this or just dismiss it, but you would really begin to push on our hearts enough to where we can't let go of a few things. And perhaps, God, this will be a great week for all of us as we just decide to open doors to you in our hearts that we haven't opened in a long time. And we ask you to clean us up and to build up some things inside of us that it's just time for that to happen so that you can do a work through us. God, I'm so excited and so thrilled about the future of Valley Point and what you have out in front of us. We are positioned well. You have given us a tremendous strategy of pointing people to real relationships that inspire real significance and relationships happen here and people do significant things here and we just welcome back 37 people who gave up a week to serve others. It's just an amazing thing. I'm so proud of them. God, during that same time frame, there were over 100 people who gathered here to do things in our local community as well. And you're just using us. And God, I don't think we know our full potential. But we don't even know. We don't even know. So God, help us just to be very open to you. Very open to what you want to change in us so that you can work through us. And we can become and be generous, life-changing community that at the right time builds a real home for you, for others, and also for us. God bless us, use us, change us, we do pray in Jesus' name.
Well, thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.